Hello, and welcome to an uplifting episode of We Only Look Thin. I am your uplifting host, Katherine Weigel. So uplifting. So uplifting. And I have uplifted uh, letting go of 155 pounds. <laughs> and with me today is... I have uplifted letting go also. <laughs> Who are you? And why I are you? Am, I am your spouse, the he host of this show, Mr. Donald Weigel. <laughs> It's so funny. Our our daughter had to write a paragraph about something the other day, and the combination of words that she strung together for one of the sentences was like, no human has ever said, I have uplifted losing a total of blah, blah, blah. Like, well, it- I have uplifted losing <laughs> over 100 pounds. This is very strange. Hi, welcome. This is We Only Look Thin. This is We Only Look Thin. Apparently, we don't know how to speak. We are a married couple who have lost a combined 250 some some odd pounds. pounds. We haven't done the math. Math was in a different episode. Yeah, we've talked about math on many episodes, but this is not one of them. This is not one of them. We are going to talk about uh, a couple of- Feelings. Feelings. And- And And uh, brain chemistry. Yes. uh, And we're we're going to start it out uh, with our tip of the week. Tau. Which has to do with- Whitney Houston. Oh. Ooh. Whitney? Whitney. Houston? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You always you know somebody who will like always just pronounce his yeah. names really weird. So I'm them. gonna start doing that. That's yeah. not the tip of the week though. Um and then we are going to talk about uh the uplifting side of depression. Depression and weight loss. Yep. And then we are going to finish off with POW Product of the Week. With has to do with it has to do with your ears. So listen yeah. up. You're already doing Doing it, keep them keep them frosty, people, because yeah, it's happening. Keep your ears frosty. Yeah. So, okay. um, so hey, it's uh, it's December. Uh, how you doing in December, Donald? Uh, I'm doing uh, pretty good. You've been uh, you've been really hustling on the on on getting in your steps. Yeah, sticking well, with your goals. I'm waiting for uh, the next uh, season of the TV show I work on to start, which means I'm not working this uh, last couple of weeks, and uh, I've been getting a lot of steps. Must be nice. Yeah, it is nice. Must be. I actually got uh, steps. Uh, we've actually this isn't the tip of the week, but uh, it is very cold here in Los Angeles. Um, it was as cold as 50 degrees this morning. And uh, we, uh, this is a, a, a second tip of the week that we didn't even talk about. Bonus tip bonus of the week. Tip bonus tip of the tau. week. We need like a, like a button to bonus tip. Bonus. Bonus tip. You're getting your money's worth. <laughs> bonus. Um, we, uh, we have talked before about pairing, uh, not partridges and pear trees, but we, uh, we have started rebounding in the morning, which uh, which we were doing, and we've started watching Xmas movies while we rebound. Yeah, rebounders are these little trampolines, in case you don't know, and uh, you can get steps on them, and it's actually a really good workout, and I feel like it works kind of different muscles than just yeah, and we get walking, our, but we, we get steps on the Fitbit, and... Um, We've been watching uh, TV shows and lately Christmas movies. It is a great way because in the evenings we actually don't have that much time, uh, but we're uh, we're doing two things at once. We are rebounding and we're watching uh, heartfelt Christmas movies. So uh, Ooh, this ties into our product of the week later. It also. does. Wow. Ooh, you'll have to wait to get the pow of the wow. Um, the so, wow pow. The wow pow. Uh, so, so let's go into the real tip of the week. The real tip of the week. Tau. Tau. The tip of the week was uh, originated by Miss Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. <laughs> Donald, where is the greatest love of all? 
It's inside of you. It is inside of you like some sort of alien creature, a parasite that is uh, sucking on your soul. The tip of the week is imagine that every love song is actually about you loving yourself, the greatest love of all. Um, whether you have a sweetheart in your life or you are flying solo currently, imagine every love song is you about you. Like we are all surrounded by love songs and a lot of people turn them off because it's like, oh, I don't need to hear about that. But like if you just imagine that baby you got back is like about you and yeah. your own personal back, like how awesome is that if you're like celebrating your back? Like that is radical. Or like like that John Legend song, All of Me Loves All of You. Like loving yourself really doesn't come naturally. It feels awkward. It feels strange. But darn it. If Whitney didn't know what she was talking about. It... Hey, this is completely irrelevant to what we're talking about, but the John Legend Chrissy <laughs> Teigen Christmas special, by it's the way, magic. is magical. It's magic. It's awesome. Even if you don't like his music, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah. Find it on NBC, wherever yeah. you can find NBC. I don't know if it's find on it demand there. or not, but it's pretty great. We have so many tips. We're like tip, full of tips. We are. Yeah, this is like the tip show. It is. Um. So, but like, imagine, honestly, I know I mentioned Baby Got Back. If you are a person with back, uh, enjoy it, embrace it, love yourself. Like well, you know how couples have love songs. Like you know, pick a song for yourself, like, something that that inspires you, that reminds you that you love yourself. And it is important to love yourself in the weight loss journey. Um, it, it is difficult for others to love you until you can love yourself, and it's difficult for you to give the love that you should to others in your life until you learn to love yourself and take care of yourself, and it's a big step along the weight loss journey. And before Whitney came along, you might remember the Partridge family. Oh, they yeah. They had a song, I Think I Love You, What Am I So Afraid Of? Like, if you're just trying to dip your toe into the loving yourself pool, that's a great song. It's like, what am I so afraid of? Like, what's wrong with loving yourself? It's like wearing your own get-along shirt. We've talked about that before. What about that song, uh, You Don't Have to Take Your Clothes Off to Have a Good Time? <laughs> I am very, I'm a never nude, so yeah. that, <laughs> that, that, that ties in uh, very well. But like, you know, but the opposite, let's get it on. You know, oh. you do you. You do what's right for you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but like, I remember uh, when I actually first uh, fell in love with Donald, I remember I was listening. I didn't like Rod Stewart, but I was in a mall and I heard, uh, you're in my heart, you're in my soul. Like, and I got all teary eyed. I was thinking about Donald. What if you got teary eyed thinking about loving yourself? Thinking about yourself. Thinking about loving yourself. What about the old Frank Sinatra, Strangers in the Night? That's also <laughs> fine. That goes back to let's get it on. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it classy. Let's keep it PG for all of our, our friends out there. But like, really, anytime you turn on the radio, songs are about love. So if you just imagine that they are about loving yourself, um, find, find some 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 love in there. Epop or uh-uh. That means I love you. Uh, actually loving myself and caring about myself was Super critical, like getting serious, super critical in uh, this journey. And so I dare you to uh, find ways to love yourself. And even if it's in a goofy love song or a real love song, uh, just, you know, love yeah, yourself. Seriously, like think about love songs as if you were singing to your own self. And it may sound a little goofy, and I know we're joking around, but uh, but seriously, it is important and it is um, it is a big step in taking care of yourself and on a weight loss adventure. Yeah. How deep is your love? It's as deep as you want it to be. As deep as you would like it to be. It, do you like pina coladas and getting lost in the rain or getting 
Love like, yeah, you. Yeah, you had it right. Okay, yeah. Love yourself. Just find ways to love yourself. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's also kind of funny, too. So yeah. uh, we're all about the comedy. So I think we've beaten this love horse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, we're going to get letters from PETA. Yeah. Beating uh, love horses. <laughs> uh, figurative horses. Can we get in trouble for that? So I think so. So tip of the week to you, Donald. Tip of the week to you. Ciao. Ciao. So now that we've talked about love, uh, we, I guess it, it all sort of ties in. Loving yourself uh, is very important in this journey. And uh, it is. Our topic this week is there's no way, there's no way to sugarcoat it. It's about depression. Yeah. And uh, managing it and living with it and still loving yourself and working through it. And you have suffered from depression for a very long time. What do I have to be depressed about? I'm a. I'm an internet mogul. You're a weight loss superstar. You should be happy by now, right? Yeah. No. It doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. Um, So I have talked about it before uh, that I have suffered from depression for uh, a very long time. Um, I actually told uh, my grandmother this week that I was suffering from depression, and uh, she is 94 years old, and she asked me if I was going through menopause. Yeah. She's like, oh, is is it that time for you? And I was like, no, I've been depressed for 30 years as long as i can remember i've been depressed um so i thought that was pretty funny but uh but no uh i have uh suffered from depression but before we get started down the depression front though we want everyone to know that we are not uh he- mental health professionals no we are very much not mental health professionals we are just people who living with our experiences um Catherine has suffered from depression for most of her life and i have lived with her for most <laughs> He has suffered from. I have suffered suffered from Catherine's depression. Also, (laughs) no. uh, We are we are going to talk about our experiences. Uh, Mental health is a very serious subject, and if you are suffering in a big way, we ask you to get actual professional uh, assistance and uh, and support. Um, But um, I'm just going to talk about my experiences and how it has affected uh, our. My slash our weight loss journeys. Yeah, and and yeah, specifically focusing a little more on weight loss than on other things. Yeah, but uh, but if you need assistance, please uh, find resources in your area to do so. Um, so anyway, so that that is the 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 tip before we get into depression. But uh, I don't know, Donald. Do you want to ask me questions about depression? One of the big questions is you have talked about suffering from it for a long time. How do you think in the past that it affected your weight loss specifically well um i would say for 40 years it was my excuse to not practice self-care um i have talked uh, a lot about how i felt like the victim of my life for most of my adult life like i i thought you know and we see we see depression in movies too where it's like someone gets um help from a therapist or it's like goodwill hunting and they they hug it out and the credits roll and then everything seems yeah. fine it's not your fault it's, uh, it's not your fault and then they pretty, hug it out and yeah and uh matt damon's fine yeah how do you like them apples um but i think that there's a perception, or at least when I was growing up, there was a perception of mental health. Um, I have uh, family members with with mental health issues. Uh, one of my grandfathers uh, wa- had serious bipolar disorder, um, and I know that that affected um, my family growing up. But I I was ashamed of depression. Uh, I felt like it definitely, like, what did I have to be 
upset about. People had it worse than me. So I kind of didn't really talk about it when I was growing up. Um, and so I would eat as revenge. Uh, and I love food. I've, I've always loved food. But um, I feel like depression is something that you don't really talk about um, or I felt shame around it. I, um, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, there was, you know, Prozac Nation and and kind of um, a lot of stigma, I think, about taking any kind of medication for depression. Um, I thought it would kind of numb you or it would turn you into a zombie. Um, so I just kind of sat with my depression quietly and didn't really talk about it. Um, but I definitely used it as an excuse to eat. And I found comfort in food. Um, and, you know, I never I, I felt like looking backward, I I owned or like I, I wore my victimization of myself as a badge, yeah. like, like, oh, well, I can't change anything. My childhood, I did this and this and this. And I I I kept looking backward and thinking that the more I talked about that story, that it justified my being overweight or being um, depressed, like, and it it didn't fix anything. Like talking about it, talking about my childhood didn't fix anything. Yeah. Um, and I really did wear it like a badge, and I used it as an excuse, like, oh, well, other people have better lives, so it's just what I'm stuck with. Um, and it didn't help doing that. Uh, I I think. I maybe 15 years ago or so, um, I got so depressed that I uh, would literally like at work want to like cry and hide under my desk because I was so overwhelmed and so um, just, I don't know, consumed by my feelings. And, and you soothed yourself with food. I soothed myself with food. Um, I would always kind of say, and it, it ties into weight loss too, like, well, I know what's wrong so, you know, and it's not as bad as some, you know, they're starving children and fill in the blank. Like, what do I have to be depressed about? And I I thought that that self-awareness was like enough that I, I shouldn't have to take medication. I shouldn't have to see a therapist because other people had it worse. Um, and I had a misconception about medication for depression yeah like i like i said i thought it would kind of numb me um and well, like I on on tv shows it just seems like i can there are always characters who are on their their medicine for depression or whatever and then they talk about not being themselves and and yeah becoming zombies and yeah or like super extreme cases and again we're not we're not talking about really huge mental health issues. I'm, I'm talking about kind of run-of-the-mill depression. But um, I finally talked to my doctor about it maybe 15 years ago, and he suggested uh, uh, medication. Um, and I was really hesitant at first to take it. I felt like I was quitting. I felt like I should know better. Um, and I decided to take it. And I, I kind of did the like, well, I'll take it. And if it isn't right for me, then I'll stop. And um, I, I won't actually say which one I'm taking because I, uh, I'm not a mental health professional. And I know that decision is something that should be made between um, the patient and doctor. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, but I have been on one particular medication for the last 15 years, and it has really helped me. Um, I know that that is kind of a, a roundabout way to talk about all of it, but um, it takes the edge off of my extreme lows. Uh, it 
I'm still the same person. I still have feelings. I still cry. Donald can attest to that. Um, <laughs> but it just helps take off that super hard edge um, of depression that used to kind of drive the car. And um, I still manage the depression. I mean, it's been 15 years. Yeah. Um, there have been a couple of times when I've stopped taking it um, just because I kind of thought like, oh, well, I'm feeling so much better. I can stop. And it doesn't work. Like it comes back fast and furious and hard. And um, yeah, from from what I've read, it's, you know, most depression like you're talking about. And again, not being a mental health professional, uh, somebody might be able to correct me, but it it seems like it's it involves brain chemistry. It's yes. not it's not really about what's going on in your life. It's not really about, well, I should be thankful because I have a good job and I have a family that loves me and why am you know, I shouldn't be sad. It it is about brain chemistry and um, you know, you don't really have any control over that. Well, and I I actually have uh family members who might not know that I'm on medication, um, some of whom have said, you know, well, if you just took better care of yourself. That's okay. Our family doesn't listen to this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have one family member who thinks you have to pay to listen to podcasts yeah. so they don't listen. They're like, well, how much do I have to – how much do I owe you? I'm like, okay, never mind. Um, but I have family members who say, you know, if you worked out every day – you wouldn't be depressed. If yeah. you had green jo juices every morning, you wouldn't be depressed. If you did X, Y, and Z, it wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be depressed. And I think I lived in shame about taking medication because of someone else's expectation of me. What do I have to be depressed about? I have a job, I have a family, I have this and this and this. These are, you know, so you shouldn't need to take um, anything to get over your depression. And the shame that I felt about it, and and I still, you know, it's still hard to talk about, but the shame that I felt about it kept me from being honest about what my needs were. Um, the depression that I have has nothing to do with the day of the week, my circumstances, my income, um, you know, whether things around me are going well or poorly. When I am hit with a bout of depression, which still happens, the medication that I'm on doesn't remove it. It just takes away the super hard edge of it. Um, when it hits, it hits. It has nothing to do with Donald. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the number on the scale. It doesn't have anything to do with whether it's sunny or cloudy. Um, it just shows up and it's like a lead weight on my chest. And it it still happens. Um, and look, I may not suffer from depression in but the way that from we're my talking depression. about. <laughs> um, but I understand um, emotional eating and the way it relates to weight loss. And one of the big breakthroughs for me, and I've probably said it a dozen times on this podcast, but you're going to hear it again, um, was recognizing how much I lied to myself and how much I was using my emotions as an excuse to eat. And I think that if you're if you're in a relationship with somebody who's dealing with depression, I think that a way that in which I can relate is thinking about those times when I'm there are external forces at work that are making me sad or making me angry and and I'm taking those emotions and channeling them into food. And you know, I'm saying to myself, while I've had such a hard day, I deserve to eat this right now. And really, 
deep down, I'm lying to myself about it and I'm just using it as an excuse to be able to eat what I actually want and not take responsibility for what I'm putting into my body. Well, and I think, you know, that that is a very good point, Donald. Um, Why, thank you. No, but I used food as a coping mechanism. Um, I wanted to numb my feelings by focusing on something that made me feel really good. I think um, some people refer to it as buffering, where you're feeling a feeling, and so to avoid it, you turn to food. And um, I did that professionally for 40 years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Did it as if it was your job. But I felt like the two, like there there was no way to experience one without having the other. And, um, you know, it's almost like, I know we've talked before about the motivation bus. Uh, you know, it's like when you're motivated, it's awesome and it's amazing. And I used to wait for my weight loss to coincide with those feelings of motivation, which, uh, were often like seven years apart, you know, those, those eye of the tiger moments. Um, but I used to think that because I suffered from depression, that there was no way to practice self care, that the depression um, li- like actually was the driver and I was the passenger. And, um, so you know, how, how have you changed? Like what, what's different now? What has allowed you to, uh, I know I just asked you three questions. What has allowed you to, you know, lose the weight and kind of get your head on straight? You still have the depression. You still have the same issues. Um, well, I I know, I mean, we sort of talked about it before, but like I used to hold on to my old stories and the stories that I told myself were me as a victim of um, my childhood, of my job, of being put upon, overworked, underpaid, whatever. And when I started, and it's it's actually almost been three years since I started this journey yeah. venture practice. Yeah. Um, and I was when I started this uh, January of 2016, and you know I've I've talked about it before. I was in maybe one of the darkest holes of my life, even with being on uh, medication. Um, I just felt like I wanted someone to take over and pull my strings. I felt like a puppet. And I had to fight past that feeling and realize that, like, there was no rescue. Like, no no one was coming to rescue my, me from myself. So I had to push past that depression and that hopelessness and fight for some habits anyway. I, I never expected to lose 100 pounds. I just knew that I had to start working on making myself feel better. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but it was almost like I had to stop paying attention to my depression and start acting in a way that I wanted to feel. Yeah. Um, so that was about you know, putting my Fitbit back on, going for walks and learning, you know, learning the tools to manage the depression, like, and to to step back from it. I know, I know I'm going all over the place with this, but uh, it, it's really hard to talk about depression and, and being honest about it. So thank you for sticking with me. <laughs> um, but like, before when I would go to therapy, I would think, 
you know, I'll share my my woes, like my, you know, like I said, the, the 10 things of my childhood that were terrible or, you know, ills that were done me or, you know, guys I had dated uh, that were terrible. And that for some somehow just talking about them would suddenly free me from the stories of them. And that never happened. And I was always like, oh, well, I don't feel any better going to therapy. And it turns out what helps, and it's true in weight loss too, is the tools to push past your thoughts are where the change comes from. Yeah. And we've talked about before, you know, and I, I still see people doing it where they're like, oh, I'm just starting Weight Watchers. Like, give me, you know, 28 recipe ideas. A recipe is not curing my depression. A plan is not curing my depression. Yeah. It's the way I think about my thoughts and the way I think about my habits, pushing past anyway. And I, I talked about this. We were just interviewed on the Samantha O'Toole Nutrition Podcast. Um, yeah, go we, check that out. Yeah, we uh, posted it. Search for Samantha O'Toole Nutrition. Yeah. Um, and she also suffers from depression. And it's about pushing past how you feel and putting the the habits in place despite how you feel is critical. And I realized that I could still go for a walk when I was depressed. I didn't have to just drink alcohol or eat a sleeve of cookies when I was depressed. Like disconnecting my feelings from my actions has been critical in 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 the last three years. Yeah. And, and as we've talked about, you know, putting those habits in place. It's the same if you have depression or if you don't. You know, it, it relates to motivation or relates to um, feelings of, of being able to do it. You know, I have a habit of going on walks. I have a habit of tracking my food. I do it every day, you know, whether I'm happy, sad, angry, etc. And putting those things in place and just sort of putting yourself on autopilot. And, you know, you've talked about not letting the depression take the wheel. You let Cheez-Its take the wheel. I do. Um, not letting depression, you know, drive the bus, so to speak, but letting your habits drive the bus has been a big key for you. For sure. And for me too, really. And it it is learned. It is a practice. And we have talked about that before, where everything we do is a habit, whether it's brushing our teeth or being a victim uh, at work or with our families. It's just what we're used to doing. And we've talked about it before, where our brains want to do what is easy for us. Our brains want um, to protect us from change because it's super easy to dive into a bowl of pasta. It is much harder to decide to steam some broccoli and, um, you know, track your calories. And it's pushing past, like when I, when I first started, it was so hard to not listen to my depression and not listen to the old stories and fight past those anyway. And, you know, through accountability support groups, through listening to podcasts, like I talked about the voices in my head were so negative when I started. Yeah, getting other voices in your head that is, is really important. I needed voices that were stronger than mine. I, you know, and I've said this before too, um, that, 
you become like the five people you spend the most time with. I was spending time with really sad music. Like I used to go to work listening to the saddest Radiohead song that I could think of. Um, yeah. how, it was called How to Disappear Completely. I would cry <laughs> all the way to work. And I'm shocked that I was depressed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but like I actually thought to myself, I need to find a podcast with voices that are more positive than my own. And that's when I found the Half Size Me podcast. I found the Happier podcast. Like, and and filling my head with voices of um, positive people making positive changes made all the difference to me. And it it taught me to not trust everything that I think and believe. Yeah, that is one of my favorite sayings and platitudes, whatever you want to call it, is do not believe everything that you think. That is huge. That has been a game changer for me because I used to, you know, almost like I was my own Ouija board, wherever my brain took me, I would go. And now I realize that when that depression comes over me, and I, I've kind of talked about it before as being like, if if you like the Harry Potter uh, world, the Dementors, which are the evil uh, gatekeepers of Azkaban prison who suck out all the joy in life. Like, <laughs> I feel at times like there is a, a Dementor sucking out all the joy in my life. And that is just depression uh, paying a visit. And it actually, it is a a palpable feeling that overcomes me. And it can come from nowhere. There are times when I'm super happy and super content. And then times when suddenly I wake up and I just feel like there's a lead weight on my chest. And now when I feel that, I still practice the behaviors that I know are going to sustain me. I don't let those feelings drive my actions. There have actually been times uh, in this podcast where we, you know, and it, it's, it's hard to talk about, but there are times when we haven't been able to record because I've been hit with a wave of depression and I feel like a fraud and I feel like an imposter and I feel like I have nothing to share with anyone because of how I'm feeling. And uh, Donald is patient enough with me to, you know, not record when I'm in those times um, and it feels lonely and it feels, you know, there was a time when I think I thought like, oh, this is just how I'm going to feel forever. Like, and, um, but I know it passes just as motivation passes, just as ambition passes, uh, depression also passes. So being able to know that those waves, I just have to ride through them and follow the habits anyway, just like the motivation bus, just like um, any part of weight loss the action doesn't have to match the feeling. And, and it's about learning and recognizing that, like realizing that your feelings are, are not in control of you and that you are more than just your feelings. And you can choose to act, you know, one way or another, even when you're very upset or depressed or angry. Well, and, and also um, in our codependent marriage of love, um, <laughs> like I don't want to see Donald unhappy. He doesn't want to see me unhappy. And I think you've had yeah. to kind of manage that was through one of the, my depression. That's one of the big things. And, and again, I'm not a mental health professional. You may get better professional advice somewhere else, but you just um, might. One of the, <laughs> one of the things that I've really had to learn over the years is that, that her depression is not about me. 
It's like when she's sad, it's I used to think it was because I was inadequate or that I wasn't doing something or, you know, that I could swoop in and save her and, you know, do something or or, you know, act in a different way that would cheer her up. And it's not about that. It's about her brain chemistry. And so I realized over the years that I just have to make sure she knows that I am there to offer support and be there, you know, when she needs me and do do what she wants. But basically, the best thing for me to do is give her space and let her work through it and not try and cheer her up. Well, and it's not about being fixed. And I think, you know, it's the... You know, it's it's hard going through it in the moment. It it feels insurmountable. Knowing on for for both of us, knowing that it will pass and that we both just kind of have to write it out. Like I've I've kind of joked like when I'm going through it, I kind of have a shelter in place mentality. Like, don't make any big life decisions. Don't like decide that we're never going to podcast again. Don't you know, make any big relationship decisions. Don't quit my job. Like, don't tell people what I really think of them. Like, it is such a sensitive time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, I have to, like, purposely go like, okay. Like, it's almost like dealing with a really drunk friend at a party. Like, no drunk dialing. No, you know, operating heavy equipment. Like, just be cool and ride it out. And I think part of it, too, is figuring out the people in your life who you can trust to tell your story to. That is a big one. And that ties into a book that we have talked about in the past called The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Yeah. And like her main focus is shame research. But, you know, people with depression often feel ashamed. And sharing your depression with other people can... uh, She's got a list of various types of reactions that people have. Well, and it's it's something that I've had to manage through, too. And, you know, it's there's something about sharing your truth and sharing your vulnerability, vulnerability with the right people, because not everyone deserves to hear about my depression. Um, I used to tell people who are not trustworthy my truth, whether it was a shame about uh, a binge that I had had or a work disappointment. Not everyone is trustworthy with your information. And there are people, you know, to tie into the Brene Brown book, um, she talks about courage, compassion, and connection. And the people that you can trust with your truth. I can tell Donald that I am depressed and that I'm feeling really down. And it isn't his job to cheer me up. It isn't his job or, you know, he, I am very grateful that he doesn't say like, well, what do you have to be depressed about? You're br- 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 yeah, like, or, you know, hey, let's watch comedy. You're like, oh, you're, you know, I'll, I'll give you something to cry about. Like, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that, no, took but, a, that took a dark turn really fast. No, no, no. But like, there are, there are people who will judge you for your truth. Um, what do you have to feel bad about? Like, oh, you're depressed. I don't want anything to do with depressed people. Like, there, there are definitely people who want to distance themselves from the complexity of the human experience. And um, not everybody in my family knows that I suffer from depression. Not everybody in my family knows that I take medication for depression. Um, I don't need to announce it to my boss. Uh, that That's what I'm doing. So trusting the right people with your truth, with your vulnerability, um, 
is super important. Well, and thank you for being so brave to get on a microphone that and talk about it to anyone who <laughs> anyone wants to who listen. could Google. Yeah. But like, it is really hard af- even after losing 150 pounds. Like, you know. People might think, well, what do you have to be depressed about? You're already at your goal weight. You're, you know, pretty in the face. Like, you know, I'll give you something to be depressed about. And it's not about that. The The depression is chemical. Um, and I definitely have learned to focus on uh, the the bright side of life. And I count my blessings and I count my gratitude. Gratitude is something that I really have focused on in the last couple of years, um, which I didn't really feel before. Yeah. So changing my mindset by listening to podcasts, reading um, books that support a healthy mindset, um, listening to happier music. Um, I love Radiohead, but um, I don't purposely listen to it to make myself cry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I deleted your funeral dirges playlist yeah. from your uh, iPhone. Total bummer. Um, but like I I invest in the light now. I invest in happy um uh, people that make me happy, groups that make me happy, songs that make me happy. I don't and indulge podcasts such as this one, which makes everyone one. happy. So happy. Um, but talking about it is scary. Um, I know some people, uh, don't want to hear the truth about how I feel, but there are so many more people whenever I have shared in our accountability group about being depressed, um, who are very grateful to hear that I'm not the perfect person they think I am, (laughs) um, that I'm real and human. I still think you're perfect. Aw, thanks. But being authentic feel so much better than hiding um, when I'm depressed and when I'm down because there are, you know, a few solid times a month when it doesn't have anything to do with where I am, who I'm with, what's happening, when it hits me. And I think I just have more resources now to manage that. So I think in the in the scope of, you know, now that you know all this information, what do you do with it? Um, as a student of yourself, if you suffer from depression or if you have people in your life who suffer from it. And, and even if you don't, I mean, like, I think that we all can relate to, you know, letting our emotions uh, dictate our weight loss decisions. Well, and, you know, Donald doesn't suffer from depression per se, but he has to struggle with his feelings of um, victimization and being stressed at work. For sure. And I think you have been really open in the last couple of years to um, working on your mindset and and whether it is... uh, And it's been huge in achieving my weight loss goal. Well, and that growth mindset, you know, changing your language from I can't, I'll never, uh, it's impossible... Changing those words around to what is possible, what can I change, that whole MacGyver idea of like gravity issues. Okay, well, I cannot change that I have this giant report due on Friday. What can I change? My mindset. I can take a five-minute walk instead of just being really frustrated and grousing about my job. Like all that mindset stuff is a choice. And I fight past my feelings all the time to 
keep my good or my helpful habits in place because I know if I indulge the negative, the negative is going to grow. Um, so it can be it's it's in my sidecar. It is a passenger, uh, but it is not driving my actions like I used to let it do. Um, so there are podcasts like the Brooke Castillo podcast, and she is all about mindset change and owning your thoughts. Uh, there's the Happier podcast, which is all about injecting uh, little little bits of happiness into your everyday life. Um, there are weight loss podcasts such as this. And such other, as We Only Look Thin. We only Why don't you thin? subscribe to us on <laughs> iTunes or where other wherever fine podcasts are pervade. Um, there are authors, Brene Brown, uh, who go deep into self-thought or, you know, self-talk and um, another book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. All of that has helped with my growth mindset and it doesn't fix the um, the depression, but it does give me the tools to better manage my depression. Um, and as with weight loss in any journey, we have talked about being um, sort of, um, you know, polytheistic with our weight loss. Like we're not following one single plan or one single voice. We're not following just Weight Watchers or whatever. We're taking all of these yeah, resources. bits and pieces from all of the plans that we've tried. Um, of, you know, we're Unitarian, like everything that is good and happy in the world, bring it into your life and fill your fill your thoughts, fill your uh, Facebook feed, f- your podcast feed with as much happiness as you can find. It really does help. And it, yeah, it doesn't sure. diminish the need for actual mental health professionals. Um, if if you have a serious issue, go to go to professionals for professional help. But in terms of general mindset and the possibility of change, uh, podcasts, uh, books have just really helped me. And having uh, a supportive husband and uh, weight loss community. Hey, that's me. Weight loss community has really helped too. Um, so being authentic with the right people uh, really makes a difference. So I'm, I'm still struggling through it. I've had uh, a few really hard days. Uh, my grandmother thinks it's menopause. It's not menopause. I'm good. No hot flashes yet, Grandma. Um, <laughs> she's not listening to this podcast. <laughs> no. Um, but you know, I, I I fight on despite how I feel. And in this weight loss journey, we're all going to feel uh, strong emotions, whether it's full on depression or whether you are managing boundary issues with family. Um, you've got to learn to fight for yourself. And for sure. I, I feel like we're doing that each and every day. And and Donald uh, has been a, a great support uh, in my adventure through depression well thank you for that and thank you for uh for coming on the show today thank you <laughs> it's great to be here donald it's great and, to be uh, here on your show this. all right you feel good should we move on to the feel, uh product I'm, of the I'm week i'm feeling good all right what's the product of the week pow, pow! product of the week it is wireless headphones <gasps> what's that i prefer wires you prefer wireless? No, I don't. I prefer wireless. Wireless headphones. So, um, why did we? Why did we first get wireless headphones? Uh, we have a daughter. We do, and we used to like to stay up late and watch TV shows that were inappropriate for her after she went to bed. And her uh, bedroom wall is adjacent to our living room wall. Yeah, and every uh, every Advil commercial, every uh, plop plop fizz fizz would wake her up. Yeah, it was really annoying. And it was very difficult for us to watch uh, adult-type TV shows after she went to bed. And um, so we got these wireless headphones. The brand we have is Sennheiser. 
Um, and but I'm sure there are many good ones out there. I'll put some links in the show notes to uh, to some. And um, it allowed us to stay up late and uh, watch some TV. But now sitting sitting on sitting on the couch. Now we get up super early and we rebound as we were discussing earlier. And uh, we caught up on The Handmaid's Tale and uh, we've been watching Christmas movies more recently. So these are full on um, headphones that we wear um, to watch television. And it is great in a a smaller household to be able to watch television without disrupting uh, family members around you or neighbors uh, at an early hour. So um, when Donald is not working and I work from home, as we talked about before, Donald can watch Phil Donahue in yeah. the living room uh, while uh, while wearing I've headphones. Been binging the prices right. <laughs> um, no, but Donald can watch uh, television. Yeah, Catherine's and office rebound. is in our our uh, place, and you know, so it allows me to be able to watch TV too. But in terms of weight loss, like I can get on the rebounder and and do that while I'm watching uh, TV and not disturb anybody else. Well, and it's huge too because right now in the northern hemisphere it is winter. Brr. And uh, so we are rebounding in the morning. Uh, we are not waking our daughter up with loud television. Uh, and uh, so the, the wireless headphones have been great. It's uh, a, There's a little receiver uh, transponder thingy that plugs into our receiver in our television and uh, sends the sounds through the airwaves like magic. Uh, into our earphones. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. So it is a. It's been a very helpful product for us. Um, I think we used to be a victim to, oh, it's too cold to go outside. Oh, we can't watch television. We'll just sit in the dark quietly yeah. until our daughter falls asleep. Exactly. Um, so it, it's just another tool in our tool belts uh, for uh, for helping us hit our goals. Uh, watching whatever Donald watches, the view. The taste, yeah, whatever TV happens, anything that's two words and starts with a the, a the. Um, so so yeah, so uh, so wireless headphones, use them. And that is your product of the week. Pow! Pow, everybody! Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, I know this episode wasn't the yuck fest that <laughs> we often uh, have, but hopefully uh, you got something good out of it, and hopefully you will continue to listen. Uh, so uh, please subscribe to us. Uh, we're available on iTunes and all the Android formats, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and it would really help us out if you could uh, rate and review us on Apple, on iTunes. Um, they are the uh, the kings. It, it matters a lot, and we would really appreciate it. Um, five stars would be great, but we love constructive criticism. And you can find us at weonlylookthin.com. You can find us on Instagram at weonlylookthin. You can find us on Twitter at weonlylookthin. You can email us at uh, weonlylookthin at gmail.com. And uh, wherever you got this podcast. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for listening. I I know that this, uh, like Donald said, was a little bit of a departure from our our usual format, but uh, depression is real and uh, it's my co-pilot. So I wanted to let you guys know uh, that you can you can still live with depression and uh, lose a lot of weight and be super inspiring to a, a bunch of people. Super inspiring. See more human also. 
Don't I seem more human now? You seem much more human <laughs> other than the perfect uh, Stepford Wive robot that you seem to be. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, we've got uh, some some big fun changes coming in 2019 for We Only Look Thin. So, so keep an eye out on the Instagrams and the Facebooks uh, for information about our upcoming yes. uh, accountability chum buddy group uh that's going to be opening up walt place walt place a place to be you while yeah. you're working on you so uh, coming soon coming soon so whether or not you're making your own personal love song list or you've got mascara running down your face <laughs> because you've been listening to the smiths for 24 hours just remember that donald and i are an, an inspiration asian 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 The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.